0: All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Life, Leadership, and the Pursuit of Greatness. I'm your host, Tim Lovell along with Dwayne Mathis. We're in the LLPG studios coming to you live on a beautiful day in Iowa. We have an awesome guest with us today, uh, head coach at Williamsburg High School, also does transportation. Uh, Coach Kurt Ritchie is going to join us. We're going to introduce him in just a second. He's got a great story. He's been the head coach at Williamsburg now for 20 years and has had quite a uh, record of success. And We're going to let him talk about that in a minute. But uh, my brother from another mother, Dwayne, how are you today, man?
1: Doing well, doing well. Just, uh, you know, didn't get back from a fishing trip, but uh, you know, I, I'm uh, I'm doing well. I wasn't lucky enough to to go out on the open waters like like my co-host here. Yeah, I, I was
0: lucky. I talked to Coach Richie before we went on our fishing trip, and uh, I uh, I am blessed that I get to go with my father-in-law and and, and brothers-in-law and my son um, just get up on the water. You guys know what it's like, and it's amazing to get away. Um, but that brings us to our esteemed guests. And he's so kind to join us. I know you've got a, um, a little bit different schedule coach with everything that's been going on with the COVID and the quarantine, but you you got a beautiful view from your office. Um, how are you today? Thanks for joining us, coach.
2: i uh, doing great. Just, uh, you know, just glad to get some, uh, time out at the ballpark. We had our first home softball and baseball games, just uh great crowds. Obviously everybody's ready to get out and do some stuff. And, and, um, you know, started some uh, open gym, open field stuff. I don't know if your guys' counties are allowing you to do that, but we've uh, we actually got one of those in on uh, on Monday morning or Tuesday morning. So that was great, and just to see the guys again and and feel like we have some normalcy to life.
0: Yeah, that is the absolute truth. Um, you're good friends with the guest we've had on here, uh, Coach Tom Wilson. Is that right?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. Tom and I would be. Uh, you know, I did not know Tom until. Uh, um, my second year of teaching, uh, he came to English Valleys, which is um, where I played in high school and was back in that area coaching. And, and at one time, we were both elementary teachers, uh, kind of first jobs as elementary teachers in English Valleys, and I was able to work with Tom for, I believe, uh, three years. And, and uh, you know, it's just been a great friend ever since. So it's been, uh, you know, with all those great connections we've made through coaching, and that's definitely a big one for me.
0: Well, the one guy I know really well that says he has to continue to pay you for your relationship is Dwayne Orr. He's the guy that said, man, I got to keep paying Coach Ritchie to be my friend. No, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Uh, but we have several connections. And um, so it's it's really great just to uh, to get to speak with you in person. Um, so we talked a little bit offline here, uh, kind of how you got to where you are now. But would you would you share with our listeners, Coach, your your background? and how you got to be at, at Williamsburg now for the last 20 years and and then we'll go from there
2: yeah it's uh it's kind of a you know I grew up in the uh I grew up in Deep River, Iowa big metropolis uh, about 10 houses Uh didn't even have a football program uh so it's kind of ironic that you know that's kind of what I've done for a, a profession so to say um but we uh um grew up in Deep River, played. Um, I was the first class at Deep River Millersburg, which is not even open now that I was allowed to go to English Valleys and play football in seventh grade. And, and it's probably, a, you know, looking back, on, it was a huge life changer for me. But we uh, uh, went to English Valleys, played football. I went to St. Ambrose University for one year. Um, at that time, transferred to the University of Iowa. Um, you know, there's not a lot of things to probably regret in my life, but probably leaving leaving football at that time, just going to be a student. But um, my now wife has uh, had a lot to say about that. So it uh, uh, ended up being a great thing because then I was out of football for one year. I went back as a volunteer assistant for my old high school football coach, Tim Carson, at English Valleys and uh, uh, became an assistant there for one year under him. He actually, uh, uh, after our very first game that year, we upset Sigourney, who was ranked number one in the state, I believe, at the time opening night and uh, Labor Day weekend. Uh, uh, we lost coach to a, uh, to a heart attack and uh, so that changed uh, changed the season very drastically to say the least. So um, what I thought was just going to be learned from him type thing turned into a you got to jump in there and go thing. And um, anyway, um, the next year we brought in a guy named Tom Wilson, who's uh, now at Catholic, obviously. Uh, we were elementary teachers in English Valleys and, uh, and uh, worked with him for three years. And as he left... Uh, um English Valleys to go to Wilton um I took over as the head coach at English Valleys uh, stayed there I believe for eight years as the head coach um moved the uh, moved the family to Williamsburg and uh became the head coach 2001 uh, was the first season uh at Waynesburg, and uh, have been here ever since
1: so coach uh you talk about uh Tom Wilson and, and your connection to him at English Valleys but uh who who was some of your other influences that uh, influenced you throughout your career? Obviously, you haven't uh, been in a lot of places coaching, just two places. So you know, a little interesting than some of the other guests that we've had on that have kind of been at multiple places and had some other people that have had a tremendous impact on them.
2: Yeah, I think that you know a couple things about that. I, I you know for me, it started as a, I'm a, a product of a, a, a single parent family. Um, my mom, you know, was basically raised me so. Uh, I believe in about fifth, sixth grade I found myself in some trouble. Um, ended up meeting a you know old farm guy, um, Kenny Keller, who changed my life, uh, put me to work on the hog farm to pay off a debt that I um, had caused on his property. And uh, as I look back on it, it was a huge, huge life changer. He taught me uh, you know, I gotta I gotta scoop hog lots for <laughs> it turned into a it turned into a long, long 10, 12 years. But uh, you know, just taught me the value of hard work. Um, he ended up being the best man of my wedding, which is kind of, kind of, you know, unusual. Um, and then, uh, you know, I had a guy, I think all of us probably have that one teacher that made you probably get into education for me is a guy named Doug, At- <clears throat> excuse me, Doug Atwood, who was, uh, uh, yeah, he coached us and everything. Just like, you know, he taught, you know, I had him for, he was my head baseball coach, my head track coach, my head basketball coach, um, did not coach football, but, um, just uh, as I found myself in more trouble, he's kind of that father figure um, and uh, just uh, you know, just taught me the value, I suppose of if I learned hard work from Kenny, I learned uh, um, just how important uh, caring and relationships were um, from Doug. And then uh, Doug's now uh, went down down to Florida and was a, a coach and teacher in, in Florida is now retired. Um, and then, like I said, Tim Carson, the English Valley's coach, um, one of those deals that probably taught me from him was, uh, you know, I think when I played for him, I, I did not realize, I wish I would have known as a player exactly how much he cared. Um, I got to see a lot more characteristics that first preseason with him of of how much he really cared about the players, probably more than I was mainly just scared of the guy most of the time. Tell you. Uh, he was uh, definitely the opposite, kind of coaches me. Um, he was uh, he was the guy that you, you know, you hoped at halftime you hadn't let him down and that he uh, he wasn't looking at you when you went to the locker room type thing. Um, but also saw just uh, how he was willing to go to battle for his guys um, over about anything. So, uh, you know, the, the field at English Valleys is now named after, is now Carson Field, and and, and very deservingly. So, um, and then, you know, I would pray have to, you know, Tom Wilson. Uh, yeah. I mean, you always, you always wonder how and why. And, and, uh, you know, again, we were, we were young and probably very fortunate to have a very, uh, um, caring principal that, uh, I she understood that there might be something good there, but it was hard to see a lot of times early, uh, probably, but she stuck with us and, uh, and uh, so Tom's become a, a friend, and it's and it honestly is pretty. As I look back on it, it, is pretty. I remember our first game in these valleys, and and we we had no business playing with a, a Montezuma team that night, but um, ended up losing like a game that I remember is like a 40 to 42 game or something. And my I don't know what score, but it was it was pretty obvious after night one that you know there was there was something different about Tom. I probably knew it before the first game. I mean uh, again, practices where, uh, the guy, he had a little bit different expectation than, than most of the people I'd been around in my life at that point. So, uh, you know, I'd say Tom, and then obviously I was just like a lot of guys. When I listened to coach Winkiewicz, uh, um, on here, uh, uh Ed Thomas, I was able to, you know, start doing lineman camps with him and, and, uh, you know, you always talk about you are, you know, you know, I think I actually have his picture up in there somewhere, but, um, Every tree's known for its fruit, and he's he's got a lot of fruit out there. And uh, as we um, as I look back on that, I, I probably didn't realize how much I was I was uh, learning or choosing not to learn from that guy while we had him here. So, and then there's just a lot of a lot of you know, a lot of guys you can name, just like you guys in this profession. It's we're in a prof- very lucky to be in a profession where people are just so giving and caring. You know, Wayne Orr. Um, you know, there's a Kevin at so on for me. I, I can name a lot of guys that I I consider um, influencers or, or guys that I definitely have learned some things from and, and uh continue to learn from. Uh,
1: so, Coach, going back to your previous coach, you said that uh, you didn't realize how much he probably cared about you. Uh, did you realize that once you got into coaching and you realized how much you care about your own players and then you kind of had some self-realization that, gosh, my – I thought my old head coach or coach didn't really care about us and he probably was just the opposite.
2: Oh yeah, no, definitely. I think that uh mm. you know, and you could probably hear it from my voice. I probably uh you know, my guys know who I am and they um they know that I'm gonna get, you know, emotional at times. Uh, not a yeller and a screamer very much, but uh, uh like my like coach Carson was. I mean he was he was a big dude. I mean, he was the uh, way well, yeah, I remember he was, a, he was a giant at the university of Northern Iowa and he was just uh, that guy. And, and, uh, but no, I think that all of us need to make sure, especially as we, you know, as we see this day and age, and I'm sure you guys are the same way you look back at some players and, and wish that, uh, yeah, I mean, I ran into some that I wish I would have made it more obvious to them. I think that uh, their view of what our relationship and, and my view are two different things. And, and uh, and you always hope you can go back and uh, and uh, clear that up a little bit. So.
0: Well, I think it's interesting that you talk about perception of, of relationships with regards to players and coaches because being being a coach now for much longer than I have been a player, it's easy for me to see. Like I'm talking to you, I'm coaching you, I'm bringing you and having a conversation with you because I care about you. That's my that's my takeaway. But as a player. I think a lot of times they view it as coaches yelling at me, coaches upset with me. You know, I just had a conversation with one of my seniors before I left on my fishing trip about, you know, some things that he needed to clean up a little bit. And I, I had to clarify. I said, listen, you know, I'm not talking to you because I'm upset with you. I'm I'm not agreeing with what you're doing or how you're doing it. So we need to raise the standard. And if I didn't care about you, this, I know it's hard for you to understand that, I wouldn't be having this conversation with you. That's a really hard dichotomy to get around. How do you approach that?
2: Uh, I think exactly said, I, you know, I, as I was an administrator and ran through those, it's the same thing. It's, uh, you know, I sometimes do not want to be what is considered the bearer of bad news. You know, you don't want to be that guy, I'm not comfortable in that role of of tearing people down, and and uh, you know, I, I think that we all want to get better in criticism. But I think, like you're saying, coach, uh, it's just uh, you know you got to find ways to be direct, um, but at the end, make sure they realize. You know, I work for the guy that the lady that's actually hired Coach Wilson and I at English Valley. She's I should probably not you know list her as an influencer. I I sat in meetings um, where she would be working with the teacher or coach. Um, it might be uh, it might be the point of just getting correcting some things. It might be a thing of of uh, departing ways. Um, but I was always amazed how she could make another person understand how valued they are, even in a tough situation of of uh, you know maybe letting someone go. I always felt like even though it's not going to change the outcome of uh, of you losing your job, I felt like she is amazing at at, uh, uh, making sure this person felt valued. And I think that is, um, you know, I think kids need to, uh, need to hear that and make sure at the end that I think they, you know, kids figure things out. They read through, you know, I watched his subs come substitute teachers come in and out of our building. I see, uh, and it's regular teachers. You guys have guys on your team that know the kids figure out real fast. If you are really someone who cares, or if you are just going through the motions and, and faking, it. they, uh, they understand, they read that faster than anybody in the world. So um, I don't think it's some mean fake, you better be genuine in the, in the fact of of, uh, of uh, really wanting to impact them and and, uh, and and have a relationship.
1: So, Coach, when you look at uh, the definition of leadership in your program, did it really st- – as being a, a former activities director, uh, did that – does it really stray too much from when you – you know, as you, in your role as a head coach of the football program?
2: Uh, no, I mean, I, you know, I think that leadership's leadership. And, um, know, that's one thing that I, there's a lot of things about the athletic director world of, you know, you can talk hours, you can talk parents, you can talk whatever that aren't the fun things. Um, but that coach to coach relationship of, of being able to work through something together of, of leading a program is, um, it was that was the part that if I had to pick one thing that I miss, it's that. But I've been able to find ways, whether it's just coaches on my staff or still coaches in our new coaches in our building, I've still been able to to uh, to find ways to uh, to uh, try to work on those things together. And and you know, I think any you know leaderships leadership is someone who has this uh, vision of of what they want. Uh, you know, just like we our first open field. You know, I just talked to talked to our kids and. I'm sure you guys have been having Zoom meetings with your seniors, and usually in the spring's a big leadership development time for us, um, and we missed that time to some extent. Um, but we found maybe what is you know, you know sometimes good things happen from bad things, but we might find a better way of of approaching those leadership development things and and having those conversations and and uh, being able to do that but it's just a guy that you know I told our kids what's what's your dream I think that if you don't have a dream you can't be a leader you better build a you better build a to uh, have a very detailed dream of what you want to happen you better be you better believe in that dream enough to build it to to tell it to other people and and uh, and believe in it you know we've all seen people like this who um they you know I've had players you know I have players in ninth grade 10th grade you think this kid is not very good but they believe they're good and they have this dream. They're going to be an all state player. And, and somehow they kind of made themselves into it before they were said and done. And you would have never expected. It's really the same in any sort of leadership. You, you come in with that dream and that vision. Um, you make it very well known and, uh, and you create a culture that's going to a uh, culture that's going to get you to that. And, and uh, you know, I think that that's the, that's the other thing. I think we all as coaches figure out a, uh, you know, I remember uh, that Thomas leadership um, thing. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever been to that or not, but uh, I remember Aaron Campman uh, got up and spoke one time, and, and uh, he was talking about Coach Thomas, and, and he was exactly right. You know, he drew a target up there. I remember in the outside ring, I believe, was like um, what. You know what you want to do as a head coach. And then the next ring was how. Pretty soon you start really realizing how you're going to teach these things you want. Um, and then eventually hopefully you get to that middle part of why, why you want to do this. And, and, um, you know, that's probably the ironic thing about coach, coach Thomas, I think he always knew why he was doing it. And, and some of us, like myself, it, it takes some, uh, slow learners takes a lot to learn why you're really doing this. And, and, uh, so anyway, I think that, uh, you know, all those things are, are a big part of leadership.
0: Well, inspiring why is a big deal and and evolving, um, you know, how you feel about and developing your program is important too. So I'm sure as you've come from English Valley and now going into your 20th year at Williamsburg, you've developed some non-negotiables that are a part of of who you are as a coach and what your program stands for. So can you speak to how that process has evolved and what those standards really are that, that are non-negotiable for you?
2: Uh, you know, I think that our guys find out real quick, and I think as a leader, as a educator, you need to figure out what those non-negotiables are real fast. And I, for me, as I looked at that non-negotiable, um, I think of the things that I have to. Uh, like I said, I'm. I feel like I'm pretty, pretty easygoing, pretty laid back most of the time. So you find those things that you realize you can get pretty uh, emotional about really fast. Um, blood pressure can rise, and you got to make sure that you're really aware of. Um, not taking things in a direction you don't want them to be taken. Uh, for me, that is is truthfully how you treat other people. I mm-hmm. I can handle about anything as long as um, you know you're you're treating other people with respect and you're um, you know someone who's going to come in and you know treat a freshman bad or a manager or whatever it may be. Um, they they. They find a side of me real fast that, um, I don't like to go to very often. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, to me, that's one, um, is I, and I thought of it as, you know, I've talked to coaches when they get ready to put together a staff, you better understand what those non-negotiables are. And when I was letting them kind of choose their assistants and staff, um, the one thing I had them speak to uh, head coach to assistant coach are what are those non-negotiables? Um, so for me, it starts with trust. I I better build trust you, um, you know, to be trustworthy, believe that you are going to make the right decisions, you're going to stand behind um, what our team stands for, um, you're going to, you know, whether it's out in the public, whatever it is, uh, I need to trust you to do the right thing and, and be on board as a team player. And, and, um, and the other thing, you know, for me is I, I have a hard time um, being around player or coach um, who – doesn't have this desire to continue to get better. Um, I think We all, you know, have this lifelong learning thing, I believe is the uh, word that everybody wants to use these days, but it's just this desire to uh, just continue to get better. Just like we do our players, you know, we want, we want our players to continue to get better. And I, uh, I've been fortunate enough. I have some, some of my staff that is here with me now or with me in English valleys, um, I have, you know, a few guys have been with me this entire time, um, you know, coaching staff of 12 guys, um, 12 people, um, almost, you know, we've been together several years and, and, uh, still the ones that I, as long as they're continuing trying to get better, um, we've been able to work out some things pretty well. So, um, and then I think the other thing is you better measure yourself against, the, uh, against a high standard. You've got to, yeah you, know, you you want to push yourself you know, have high expectations, um aim high, um, if you miss, that's fine, but don't aim well and, and hit. so yeah, that's, those are kind of the non-negotiables for me as a player, as a coach, um, I, I need those things.
1: When we're talking about leadership, and you said, you know a lot of the your leadership development is done in the springtime, you know, and this year we kind of evolved into Probably a little different shape than what you're used to doing, but it is a skill set in building leadership amongst your team. You know, how do you do that in your program, and what's your plan to develop leaders in your program?
2: You know, I think the the hard you know the part that's probably the most important is uh, uh you know what I call um, well it's kind of ironic I probably call it this because um, it's kind of the pass the ball leadership model, um, and you know sometimes. Our offense doesn't exactly fit past the ball. I understand, but uh, you know, it's, it's leaders creating leaders. And mm. I think, as when I am better, or we're all better. My good teams have been the teams that the kids were being the leaders. And, you know, it's coming from um, peer to peer. I mean, we all have those classes and not only very talented, good, great players, but they just they lead those around them to the, the vision they want for their for their team. And and uh, the years that is a struggle I have found are the ones that it's it's me the coaches trying to do the leadership the whole time. Um, I think you have to be able to create leaders um, on amongst your team and hopefully by the time you know kids are seniors, not that you have to be a senior to lead I and mean, we usually have our leaders long before then, whether you want them to be the leader or not, you know who they are. Um, you just hope they're leading the right direction because sometimes your best leaders can be the ones you don't know which way they're leading. Sometimes, but there's somebody following them. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that, uh, yeah, I think that's the, uh, that's the big thing is just uh, creating creating that uh, leaders amongst your group.
0: What What are some of the things that you do to to, to talk with those those leaders in your program as you push out? Because obviously, kids have a hard time with that. Um, that concept, you know, holding each other accountable. So w- what does that conversation look like um, for you to, to empower them?
2: Yeah, I think that's, you know, exactly what you're saying. That's, that's what's getting harder and harder for all of us to do uh, this day and time. And it's really hard um, for a kid to, to lead another kid. I, I get that. And I think you need to understand that. And, you know, we talk about culture all the time. That's such a word that everybody's used. Uses and I've read five zillion books. I know mean, I showed you at my bookshelf back here. They're, they're all about culture, and and I really don't have a great definition for the word culture. I just know when it's good and when it's bad, and I feel like I can go watch about any practice, or any sport, and realize if there's a good culture or not. And um, so I think that hopefully, um, hopefully you you can ask your group of guys. You know, and one thing, first things I ask are kids is to make a, a list of, first of all, what is, when you think of Williamsburg Raider football, what do you think of? You just give me a word, a list of adjectives mm-hmm. to describe what this is. And then I ask them about second activity to uh, choose things that they want to make sure, and as I let them name names, if it's a positive thing, they want to make sure that hopefully they've learned it from someone else in your program. Oh well, again, uh, That's what's hard about culture. It's not coming from top down or however you want to look at it. It's coming from all different places. And and hopefully our players, hopefully all your players have a model of, you know, who was that guy for them? Who was that person on the team when they were younger that made an impact on them? And and, and why was that? Um, And and how can you model that? How are you? And then you just matter getting some action steps put in place of, of how you can help them do that. Um, you know, some kids, again, some great leaders find ways to do it very simple and easily on a daily basis, and and uh, and we have players like that. But there's a, uh, you know, leadership and culture, um, you know, they're hard things to uh, get. But we, um, you know, hopefully by the time that they're they're seniors and they're leaving, that's probably the biggest thing we get to do in our professions. We get to see these kids develop from. You know, hopefully, they leave just great young men that
1: that have a great thing going for them. So, coach, when you're when you're talking about, uh, you know, sometimes you know, there's going to be that kid that uh, you don't know which way they're leading, good or bad. You know, and there's always going to be kids that uh, we've all had them in our programs where, you know, probably, really gifted, talented kids, but you know, this sometimes kind of like what you said, growing up, maybe getting a little bit of trouble, and hopefully, they have someone in their life that kind of pulls them into to show them the right path to to go on, but it's up to those those individuals to choose that path. Um, so when you have those people that maybe are leading in a um, negative fashion in your program, is that something where you pull them in, or do you talk to the kids that are, that you're more concerned about them following in the steps of that person? How do you handle that?
2: Um, I, you know, I think that you have, again, Confrontation can be very difficult, definitely can for me. Um, it's definitely not where I'm most comfortable. Um, but I think you need to be very, very careful of, of talking to kids about, you know, who they should hang with and who they shouldn't hang with. Because I think I've been very fortunate. I can have it with those, um, you know, kind of the leaders in the wrong direction guys pretty well. Because, well, I don't know. I was probably one of them. And and I get along with those guys very well usually. Um, I don't judge them right away. I think that I, I give them every chance in the world and, and let them know I believe they have these skills. Um, and I can give you a, a lot of examples of, you know, uh, voting for captain. You know, how you pick captains is, a, you know, for us, a captain is a guy who really just gets to go out there and say heads or tails. I mean, the captain's a captain and the leader's a leader, and the leader's something totally bigger in my mind than, than the captain. And, and, uh, so I, I think it's definitely a face to face, um, visit relationship. You've got to try harder with those guys. And I think that that's, um, where, you know, sometimes here, I, um, I, those are the guys I'm drawn to. We don't have a lot of those guys. Probably, we probably need a few more honorary guys. Maybe I need to uh, ask for that, but, um, mm-hmm. we, uh, maybe I give the guys our benefit of the doubt too, too much. Maybe they're not what I think they are, but they, uh, Again, that's not for me to judge. All I know is that I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna believe in them until until they prove me wrong.
0: I think, um, I think, yeah, you strike a chord um, in that. You know, because that's the delicate balance of, um, I, I think of every coach today dealing with young kids is how do you press the, how do you press holding the standard and letting them be them. Um while holding to that standard. And and we're seeing it in our program that we dearly love uh right here in eastern Iowa. And um, you know, is that is that a challenge do you think today, or do you think it's it's more of to your point, the leadership is is really just getting people to adhere to the vision?
2: Um oh yeah, I mean we're like you said, we've uh <clears throat> We've seen it. uh, We're definitely seeing it firsthand right now. And it's something that's a little bit, uh, you know, can be a little bit scary for sure. Um, But again, I think it is, uh, uh, you just got to keep it simple and you've got to, uh, you don't change your expectations for, for anything. I think Mm. that for me, you know, maybe as easy as an old guy to go to say, um, if I, if that's what it come to for me, I just do not do this. I mean, it's just, uh, I can't do that. I'm not. I can't lower the standard. Um, it's just. It's just against my nature. Not something I believe in by any means. But um, it's not really. I don't know if that's changed much over the years. I know everybody says kids don't want to work these days or something, but uh, I don't believe that. Our 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 programs here at Williamsburg that succeed are the ones that work. Um, mm-hmm. Our our wrestling coach, Grant Eckernrod. You want to. You know. He's he's uh, he's the best I've ever been around as far as. I've evaluating or working with he he pushes the heck out of kids when they don't want to be pushed and they love him for Them because they know um it's not about him it's that he wants to see them become the best they can be and uh and it, it's really you know you just gotta you gotta keep it simple and then understand you're not you know you're not going to change i change the world i'm going to change everybody but um you can definitely make a difference one person at a time
0: yeah, when when we come back from break here, we're going to have a, a several more questions for coach Richie about leadership and the future of the game and and building connection. Um so stay with us, we'll be right back.
1: All right, so welcome back. Here we are with coach Kurt Richie and uh coach, you know, not so much, you know, you're not an administrator anymore, you know, as you've uh stepped down from your roles as athletic director, but when you were an athletic director looking at the balance between uh you know for young guys who are looking into getting into administration and coaching uh can you talk about how what you did that uh, helped facilitate that
2: um you know i i don't know that i feel like i would be a great um great one to ask on that because i'm not sure there was much balance or there was much balance but uh you know the difference is i think that uh and, and that makes it sound like i um you know, don't care about the other part. I mean, it, to me, it's, it's, it's the only life I know. And I mean, we, um, you know, I told you guys that, uh, you know, coach Carson, my first year of, uh, coaching, uh, passed away um, after the opening game and, and I was scheduled to get married that, that, that season. And which I had a game, my marriage set, uh, set for a Saturday night game on Friday, married on Saturday. Well, I pushed the game back to Saturday night. So, um, we, uh, between the wedding and the reception, we went to the football game, and and you know I figure if Mrs. Ritchie can handle that, then everything's good. I mean, oh wow, and how things started, and that's how they are, and you know, is uh, I think the you know, there it's it's hard, it's you know, really the balance part of it of time isn't important. I think it's what you make of that quality of that time, and and uh, you know, it's it's easy. I think when you're young, you have a lot of energy. It's easy to balance those things, um, you know. My kids, I think that uh, you know they probably. I hope anyway. I hope they err on the side of uh, of work, and I hope they err on the side of passion for what they're doing, and and I think that's the best thing you can can send to your to your own family, and and uh, you know we always find time for that other stuff. I mean, we, we, you know, I think that as my you know as my daughter, um, you know, the one thing I like is my kids all want to be in coaching or teaching they're not necessarily coaches or teachers but they want to be in this community i've you know you talk about not moving around a lot i you know, obviously if i've had some chances to do that i think we chose to understand and appreciate the the place we are at and and uh the gifts that's given us and and uh but that also it has allowed us to balance those things i think sometimes you go somewhere new and not that You're not working where you're at, but I think that it's, uh, it's a whole different, uh, different energy level for sure to, to rebuild something instead of just keep it. I'm not sure which is easier, uh, sustaining or building, but, um, you know, our, we tons of, you know, our nights have always been supper in my office with the kids. Um, gotta go watch and play every event. Cause I was probably there supervising it. Um, you know, enforcing somebody gets good conduct and someone's friend, you know, you're not a mm-hmm. nice guy. Um, they have to deal with that. I, I would, that is the one thing I'm, I'm a small town guy, always believe you should um, be in the district that you're coaching in. Um, if I was getting into administration, um, seriously, I would, I, I, I hate to say this, but I would consider doing the that I, I think it put my kids in terrible positions, um, way too often. I could deal with it as an adult, and it was hard, but. Um, I, I would recommend you. I don't know. I, it's hard when you believe in the school you're working for, but um, I think I would try to do it in school. And my kids are sometimes, but uh, um, but at the same time, I got we had the same schedule and we, we had the same vacations. We've been allowed to uh, do some things. I think that you know, it's you know, my oldest daughter Kylie, who's married to Austin Blythe, who's you know, I think finished what his fourth year in the NFL or whatever, and uh, five years at Iowa and. And football has ran his life for a lot of years now. Um, it's probably helped her in that aspect. She understands that. Uh, sometimes she's. I'm sure he doesn't feel like she understands, but uh, uh, she, <laughs> um, you know, we on this other day, I you know, that she she told me it's not they the administration world. You know, that's probably a good perspective. Uh, you know, I felt like my balance is always at work, like you're talking. Um, and she said, "No, Dad, it wasn't." You know. Austin has to, you know, he might miss 30, 40 nights a week, a year with his kids. And I never had to do that. So, um, it can always be, it can always be a worse balance out there.
1: Yeah, that's, that would probably, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if I would, uh, make it through that if I was, uh, on the other end of it, I'm, uh, you know, right now, uh, daddy daycare right now and uh, get the life <laughs> of the single parent. Uh, since, uh, you know, my, my wife is a, an essential worker in the medical field. So, but, uh, it's, uh, I'm fortunate enough to live about, a uh, less than a mile away from a beach. So I've never been a beach and sun guy, but I'm, I'm turning into one apparently. So <laughs> kids.
2: Well, I think so, the thing is that you realize that, I mean, as I looked at found different opportunities, I think the one thing I, I knew this that, I mean, you and I go work, you know, back in the old day of camps when you, and then you go to camp and be gone for the week. Uh, kids would come to camp, work their tail off for a week trying to, you know, it made me realize that I wasn't me. I, I'm not going to be one of those guys. And um, I think maybe like growing up, you know, maybe like you're going through being a, what you feel like as a single parent sometime, which I miss Richie. felt like that plenty. Um it, it uh, I think you need to you need to understand that, and, and uh, you can't
1: be happy that way. Well, mm-hmm. and, and, and trust me, I, I'm not poor boy in it here. Or anything mm-hmm. I know, my wife, uh, when uh, come football season, she always says that she feels like usually during the summer, this is a, a you know, this is kind of the anomaly because normally I, we'd be I'd be running weight room and we'd be doing stuff on the field and all that kind of stuff, and I'd be pretty gone during the summer. Uh, but, you know, she always says during the football season, she feels like a, a single parent and, you know, she understands that, uh, and, and she is really good about understanding the top time commitments that it takes. Cause it isn't just a, you know, a couple hour a week kind of responsibility to be, to be good, you know, or to want to, you know, build something that's pretty special.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And you need to understand, I mean, you're never off the clock, you know, as I hired coaches and so forth, you, you know. The choices you make whatever you know you guys you're just never really off the clock there are no hours you're you're doing this job twenty four hours a day whether you want to believe it or not someone especially with the way things are these days people you know they're always someone someone always knows but yeah and like you guys said I think the big thing is finding a routine my people would always ask Mrs. Richie how do you guys handle it during the season uh doing the A D thing Ian thing uh football and you know I think she'd tell you the fall might have been the uh, the best time because that's what we've always been used to. That schedule has always been pretty uh, set and understood and knew what it was. And um, so I think that's, what's been hard about this time is it's just uh, it's not a, it's, it's trying to learn a, a new schedule for all of us.
0: Well, I think you know you you were kind of segwaying into kind of that whole championship culture piece. You've you've had a tremendous run there at your program, coach, and and looking at some years, you go, holy cow, there's no way they're going to be in the playoffs, and all of a sudden you're in the semis. And, um, you know, I I would love to hear your insight as to how you have maintained that and and the conversations that you have. And I think just looking from the outside in, one thing that I I know you have going for you is consistency with your staff. Um, You know, just guys being around each other, knowing each other. But what are some of the other pieces that you um, can attribute to your longevity of success?
2: Um, You know, there's there's a lot of things. And before I talk about staff, I guess I – um, I think the big thing is keeping it simple. You know, I, I, look back as I was thinking about this a little bit today of, you know, what do you tell your kid? You know, when I, I think about like my own kids and they went off to college or any of our guys and they go off to college and we try to have a meeting uh, late July with all of our graduate guys, just to kind of see what the plan is Give given. We do, a, I do our senior gift then just because it's easier than trying to make all hundred different parties. But um, you know, I think it's very simple. This, this day and age is really easy. I, you know, at Legacy Acres Hunting Club, we, we come in contact with people from all over the United States. And uh, no matter what profession they're in, uh, it's a common thing of what the struggle it is, and that is finding finding good help, finding good work. And um, so I think that's really, it's a simple message as far as uh, leadership and what you want for your program is, you know, just go in there, work your tail off. You know, that's what it's been for me is I just, I'm not smartest guy. I'm not going to think anybody. out. believe you. I'd be more flashy, but I'll, 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 I'll punch the clock with anybody and, um, hard work, be positive. I don't know about you guys so much negative. Um, uh, if you can just have guys that show up to practice, that you know, love being there. Oh man, that just, that's a joy. And if you can find that in the workplace, you know, you all know the person you run to in the hallway, what direction the conversation can go. And, uh, so just show up to work, be positive, be dependable, be humble. Um, you know, I think that's the biggest thing for me. I, I've been given way more here at Williamsburg than I probably have earned or deserved. But, man, it's, you need to understand every day that you're, you know, pretty re, pretty replaceable. and, and uh, But, yeah, just, just building that confidence, that if, believing in yourself, that if you put in the time to work, believe you can do it, uh, you, you can do whatever you want. But uh, And it does. It comes down to staff so much. That is the one thing we have. Uh, you know, if I if I had to speak on one thing that uh you know people come and ask speak at clinics of you know, we start talking offense and defense and I'm sure they get bored listening to us. Um not that we're you know, like we're gonna try to X. we love X's and O's and we feel like we're probably better at them than we'd probably lead on maybe, but um it, it's really not that. So it's, it's about you know the staff that you do and and for me I think that if I could tell anybody a thing about staff and like I said, we we have 12 coaches here at Windspring. As I look at this year, we just brought have one I like to have some old guys like me and then we bring in a couple of young guys. Um, just so the kids aren't completely bored. Um, uh, but uh no, no, uh anyway, uh, most of them have been with us, me for someone 15, 16 years, 20 years maybe probably. I don't even know. Um, but I think the the ones that haven't worked, it's it's not their fault, it's my fault. I I think that what I would tell somebody, if you put together a staff, keep in mind those things that are non-negotiable as far as, as, as trust and and high expectations and relationships with kids, Um, better like kids, you better want to make a difference with kids. Um, It's more just uh, the ones that didn't work out because I didn't give them, I didn't give them responsibility. I didn't, I didn't give them a job. As I think back to the best leaders I worked for, administrators that I worked for is kind of those, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a mission command plan, but it's a basically, you know, you define what you want for them, you define the goal, you provide the best resources in the world you can provide them, and and you give them the time to get it done, and uh, and then you 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 continue down that process with them of what, you know, how you get better and how you get worse. But uh, um, in our program, you know, I, we're not a platoon team. Obviously, we uh, I'd love to. You know, that's probably one thing that's kept me wanting to do somewhere. I I. We have this group of like, I don't know, twenty, twenty, know, sophomores. They're all kind of the same kid. I'm thinking, man, I'd like to just be a platoon team once, just to. Maybe this is the chance. I mean, that's the other thing. Being a place where they allow you just to take some chances. We, we, and you know, we have. I remember we haven't held for probably fourteen years, um, and we've. I don't know. I'm just in a place where I feel like I'm allowed to, kind of just do. You know, not afraid to step out of the box. I guess, and not. Box doesn't stray very far. For me, my assistants would definitely take the line a lot further than I would. Um, but um, give them a the responsibility. So we we do work as a platoon staff. So, um, you know, for me, it's six guys on offense, six guys on defense. So um, that's how we're set up, and that's how we work. I, I've never – I haven't worked on a defensive position for a lot of years now. And, and uh, so, you know, offensive line, I'm going to have that kid from ninth grade to twelfth grade, and, and it's my job. My guy is – you know, coaching the receivers, it's his job to become the best receiver coach in the state of Iowa and and, uh, and and make a difference to that group when he has them from ninth grade to 12th grade. He can take them where he needs them. And, and um, so give him responsibility, let trust him to get the work done and, and uh, uh, keep helping them become um, better at it, I think.
0: Yeah, we're going to that model you just spoke of um, this year. Um, I actually talked with Brian O'Neill about it. He's my t-shirt guy, and you know, uh, so I feel like I've got a connection to you that way. He speaks so highly of you, Coach, um, but he's also very willing to just talk football, talk shop, and and he he kind of first brought that model to me. And Then one of my other coaches came in from Glenwood; they did it very similar. And then talking to Joe Hattacheck, that's how they did it. So we're going to give it a go this year and. Um, so the offensive line coach is the offensive line coach 9 through 12, and we're going to have the freshmen on offense, the varsity on defense, and so we're going to flip them halfway through, and you know Mondays will be a little bit different, and Thursdays might be a little bit different, but that middle of the work week is, you know, I'm really excited to, to see how those coaches take off because we've been doing the Zoom meetings position-wise, and I've got to sit in and listen, and I was telling my wife last night, I said, man, I am so fired up to hear these guys just talking to the kids and coaching them up and developing their standards, and uh, and really just making that position their own. And uh, it kind of gives you a full, full joy in, in your heart of, Hey man, this kid's really, you know, and some of them aren't kids, but some of them are, in my opinion, they're almost 20 years younger than me. Um, I, I love hearing you say that. And um, I, I'm hoping for the best. Quite honestly, our staff is really excited about it.
2: Yeah. I know it said something that we, you know, if I was going to go somewhere else, it's definitely something that I, there might be things you give up, things you change, but that would not be one for me. I, um, you know, glad to talk anytime about that. I just think that you know, you put some other organizational things with it as far as how you develop scripts and and how you do it um, during those sessions, uh, what your what your uh, uh, protocol is, or how you want to do things, and you put that together with you know just watching these guys grow and get better. And and again, it's I, I'm a big enough believer in team that I believe um, you know three guys doing or three guys together working hard can do better than I. In a way. Yeah.
1: So, Coach, uh, you mentioned earlier that uh, you read a ton of books on, you know, culture. You said and all that kind of stuff. But uh, you know, we're curious. You know, as you probably listened to some of our other podcasts, I know you mentioned Coach uh, Winkiewicz's mm-hmm. podcast that we we asked him. But uh, so we'll ask you the same question. You know, what's what's some impactful books that you've read that uh, you know doesn't have to be one that you have read recently but maybe one that you've, you've read several times. I know Tim and I have both read the legacy book. Uh, It's one of our favorite ones. Uh, So uh, just love to hear what's, what's impactful that you've read.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, again, I think for me, um, again, it it doesn't come down to the book. You know, I'll give the example of uh, I'm trying to think back to my son, law Austin. He, um, his senior year was the Rose Bowl year with the Hawks. Um, which was going great until I ran into uh, to Stanford in the first time mm-hmm. to give the ball to uh, uh, what's his name for the Panthers. But anyway, McCaffrey. Uh, yes, yes, thank you. And uh, yeah, my Rose Bowl trip went downhill fast after that. But anyway, they uh, um, that year they had a book. I'm trying to think of the name of their book. Anyway, I borrowed the book from. Them. I was looking myself. Slight Edge. Yeah, Slight Edge. And uh, so he's out in Indianapolis the next year, and I see this book, Slight Edge, and I've seen all these quotes that he and his teammates had about the book. And uh, I texted and said, hey, can I borrow your book? And he said, like, yeah, sure. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I've had a lot of textbooks I was supposed to read. Uh, I know what a red book looks like and a not read book like looks mm-hmm. like, and I was like, questioning whether he should have been speaking about this book. <laughs> um, but... So I call him out on it, and, uh, and he, uh, being a lot smarter guy than me, says the coach, it doesn't matter. What well, you don't get it. is every one of those books on your your bookshelf probably have the same, a little different story, but the same themes. And uh, it was I remember thinking about that, thinking, you're a little smart, whatever. <laughs> um, you well, know, basically, you do the right thing, little things day after day, do them the right way. He goes through a whole list of what they are, and he's exactly right. Um, and, and again, it didn't come down to, like he said, whether he knew the whole book, his job was to make an impact on one part of that book with his teammates and, and how they were going to put that into impact for, you know, we've all, you guys probably, what you probably have a motto at your school or a, uh, what's the term, uh, you know, uh, mantra. Yes. Yeah. And, and you may know it, you may not. Um, you know, I've been through several changes here of what our, um, uh, Uh, vision is, Um, it it doesn't matter unless you're living it every day. And uh, what was different about that, he knew what his part was to teach his teammates and he learned the other parts from his teammates. Mm -hmm. And, and so again, I think it's that leaders developing leaders and how it really impacts to you. But um, you know, the book, you you know, for me, the first one that was big and I I do this with kind of a a group of people in our community, but uh, lead for God's sake was the, the first one for me that I, um, really, have read several times and 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 done whatever um, it, it made a difference not only with me, but just my relationship with a lot of people in our community. We did. I'd read it, and then I kind of got involved. With some other people went through it again, and and um, and it's not the uh, you know it's not because of the religious factor at all for me. It's um, it's just all those other things that I believe in as far as relationships and putting your heart into something and and that kind of thing. So. Lead for God's sakes. And then the book you guys just mentioned, you know, I've read every Tom Gordon book about five seven times, probably. Um, you know, he's, he's obviously good and probably the most. Um, uh, the legacy, the one you guys, I, to me, as I read through that, and that's the ones we're we did with our seniors this year, actually. And, um, so I'm way behind probably again, but it's uh, it probably fits what I believe uh, as far as providing fitting a culture as much as any book I've ever read.
0: Yeah, I think um, I think it's just important to get um, you know one or two things out of a out of a good book, and you know spending time. I always underline and highlight and kind of write things on the side uh, just for me. And whether or not I go back and read it, it's kind of second. But uh, you know, the legacy and the slight edge; those are books I've read three times. And lead for God's sake, I've read twice. And um, boy, it's just great to hear you say that. Um, Curious, before we let you go, Coach, you, you, you've you been around the game for a while and would love to know kind of your thoughts on the future of the game. Where do you see it going? You know, this whole COVID thing has changed a lot of things and um, we could spend hours talking about that. But just in terms of, you know, youth football and the game itself, safety, um, longevity, where, where do you see the game of football going? To, you know, something that's been so impactful for all of us sitting in this year.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that uh – we also, you know, just because of the, the head situation, um, we all, you know, have thoughts about that. And again, I kind of live in my own little world here where, um, uh, you know, our kids go out for football. So, um, but we do have a few every year that, you know, we've had some kids that we, you know, I've really just encouraged to not just because um, if they're my kid. I, you know, I don't, I'm not an expert on concussions by any means, but I know some people get getting a lot easier than other people. And, um, and, uh, you know, I'm still the gonna err on the side of safety. So um, you know, I think in the end it's uh you know, obviously I have a son in that I think the world of has played it for a lot of time. We talk about that a lot. And um, you know, he still wants his son to play this game and, and uh the things that come from it I think are uh, much outweigh and, and do not about you guys, but I mean, I think back to the you know, we were back cleaning up our equipment room, which is never in very good shape and, and found the helmet from before when I came here, so you're talking nine, early, mid-90s, and it's like, well, things have come a long way since then. So, uh, yeah, uh you know, and I know you guys probably, you know, just as you, you know, it doesn't have been that long to know how much practice plans and what you do. You know, we do so, you know, I, I look back to how Coach Wilson and I did things, of course, we weren't very smart, so we we just ran people, and that's all we did. We didn't, I look back at what we used to do and think, oh, man, this probably wasn't, probably wasn't, the best, but we, we didn't know very much to teach them, so we just ran them, but um, you know, I think that uh, it's, I mean, just the way we practice, the way we do things, I, I do believe it's safer than it's ever been. Um, I, I believe that. I mean, I, you know, I can, and not that you know, we don't have some bad things happen, but we've been very fortunate here. I, I love how our defensive coaches, you know, as I talked, talk, you know, Coach, like you said about going to the model of, kind of a platoon model, I think you better have somebody on the side of the ball you're not at or be able to do both that you really trust. Um, and I definitely have that. But uh, uh, the, I love listening to those guys talk about how they're going. You know, The one thing we do try to coordinate and have to coordinate is you know, how much each day. I've got to understand on Wednesdays is a big, heavy load defensive day for our varsity team. So uh, what I ask them to do offensively um, can't be that. I mean, I can't have them running a any play script with me um, with a lot of contact and then going over and try to, to run, you know, the, um, the, the scout team, uh, a whole bunch of physical plays. So I think you gotta be, you gotta work with them that way for sure. And I know you guys will do that, but it's, you know, I think more, I think my, the biggest part for me is just uh, it's not the safety that we worry about right now is the things we're seeing do, what people go through is um, just being able to still, have that high expectation and push kids without questioning, you know, why you're doing it. The motive, I guess.
1: Yeah. Well, <coughs> coach, have, have you ran out of Bathkies at Williamsburg, or is you guys some more some some more down in the junior high, elementary school? You know, just waiting to to grow them up here.
2: <laughs> well, we uh, you know we've been very fortunate to have a lot a lot of good players, but we uh, you know we nominated Dustin Deft for the Hall of Fame this year and uh, getting back in contact. You know, the big thing, um, when I came to, to Williamsburg, I was able to, It's uh, was huge turnover in teachers that year. Um, I think I was one of about 30 people district-wide that were new hires. Um, now, if we have four openings a year, it's a miracle. Um, I was able to bring some people in um, and, and pick a staff a little bit, which is, you know, completely uncharacteristic of most of us in our situations. Um, but as I look back at that time, it's not the ones that I didn't keep that are important. Um, I kept um, Mr. Bethke, Coach Bethke, Larry Bethke, who uh, um, not only is a great football coach and, and a great man, but he had these sons that were uh, – uh, I would hate to see seen them go somewhere else. I know that. Uh, we all have those families, and that's, that's a football family.
1: So I can't remember which one it was, but in two thousand two I, I was fortunate enough to be on Gary Stamp staff at Tipton and uh you know I, I think uh you know he, he might still be running, you know, how <laughs> many yards he put up against us and, and, and we had a we thought we had a really good team and that year you guys I think beat us like thirty four to six and it wasn't even close. So yeah. um, but
2: uh yeah, I remember that game very, very much so. Um one of them, um, there was a sprat kid on that team who got his pants that night. I remember, you know, we had, you know, I'm like, you don't bring your stuff, you don't play. But thank goodness the the dummy kid came through for us because I I really didn't want to have to prove that I would follow that rule. We I mean, had a lot of other players want to give up their pants for him, but uh, that had been Dustin Bethke, and he uh, Dustin, uh, yeah. uh, uh he was for, had you know, state record and, um, until uh, the c City kid beat it, and c City kid got an game to do it, but. Um, didn't really play a fourth quarter that year until the state championship game, and and uh, scored fifty some touchdowns. You hate to, you know, as a coach, you know, I'll, I'll often go to these weddings and so forth, and they want, hey, two thousand two versus two thousand fifteen, or whatever. <laughs> I, uh, I, I avoid that conversation like the plague, um, for sure. I, I you know, there everybody's different, but there, if you have to pick one team, you may have, you may have seen our best for sure. So that was...
1: They were, they were, they were damn impressive.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, that, I mean, you had great players, but I mean, yeah, like you mentioned, I think you have a great staff that you surrounded yourself with and, 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 and you're a big part of that.
2: Yeah, well, unfortunately, that group got into uh, the situation I and mean, uh, playing state championship game game coach, uh, Dwayne Twain was the last game of his career. And I guess his career wasn't meant to end on a loss. So... Uh, <laughs> We, we tried like crazy the second half to uh, to do that. Made them play an incredible second half, but um, just just a little bit too much of a hole. Well,
0: coach, as we as we as we finish it up here, um, we've covered a lot uh, just in terms of leadership and 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 building culture and, and 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 program development. Is there anything that you feel we haven't covered, or anything that you would just like to expand a little bit on before before we jump off?
2: Yeah, no, I think that, you know, again, I just, you know, if I had to talk, to, I, first of all, I thank you guys for having me. I think that's an amazing thing, again, as we, you know, didn't get to go to spring clinics, um, finding things like this and different groups that I've visited with. Um, you know, again, we found some good stuff out. But what you guys are doing is amazing. And, and I, I think I do like listening to your guys' stuff, and, and uh appreciate you guys doing that. But, uh, you know, I, again, it's, it's simple to me if you just – Uh, I had, when I realized that I've um, lost track again, I think it's sometimes I get too caught up in the, just like most you guys, I can, I can tell you all the hard losses. Probably. I can't tell you all the wins, but I remember hard losses. And, uh, and, and as I think back to some of those, you know, we've only had two seasons in my 20 years here, we didn't play the playoffs. So um, it's not those two years that I remember that we didn't make the playoffs. it was, um, I, I, I really feel like I forgot, uh, forgot my why during these years, so um, I think that's probably the, the main thing I tell people is find a way to, to keep that in the front of your mind because we all have you know, kids do crazy things, parents do crazy things, um, we get caught up in things we shouldn't get caught up in, and, and so find some ways to keep that why to the forefront, and, you know, for us uh, here, it needs to be about the kids.
1: Well, I, I think that that's a, a great message that you, you shared, Coach. And uh, you know, it's easy for us and people who don't know a little behind the scenes here in the LLPG podcast. Here is, you know, we have a video set up and but it just records the audio. and And I can see the emotion, I can hear the emotion, and when you talk about this kind of stuff and and uh, sometimes I think that goes unnoticed. And and I appreciate you sharing your message with us, Coach.
2: Oh yeah, you just the big thing is again, you. Uh, my kids know that that's how I'm going to be, in. And- and uh, then they have Coach Eckenrod, who's, who's going to be passionate in a very different way. And, and uh, you better find a good mix that way of uh, not only old guys, young guys, but uh, just guys that make a well-rounded staff to learn from. Because if they only have me to learn from, we're probably in trouble. So we, uh, uh, surround yourself with the best and, and uh, appreciate it.
0: Well, sage advice coach richie we're we're so much better for this hour we spent with you. thanks so much for taking time with us today. you know the hum be humble, keep it simple, stay positive and uh, believe in yourself are, are pow- powerful things that we can all uh, get better at. so uh, if you join us today, we, wherever you are, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, let's keep chasing life leadership and the pursuit of greatness in all that we do. have a great day. thanks again for checking out our podcast today and sticking around to the end. Dwayne Mathis and I are so grateful that you decided to stop by. Just a reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on any platform that you use to listen in. Apple, Google, Spotify, you name it, we're on it. If you have any questions, please be sure to e- send us an email at lifeleadpg@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, our listeners, about topics you want to hear regarding leadership. Also, check out our YouTube channel. We post videos every Sunday and recap the podcast that we had the previous week. Great opportunity to get a quick hit of what we're talking about. Subscribe to the YouTube channel so you don't miss an opportunity to get better as a leader. And as always, let's keep chasing life, leadership, and pursuit of greatness in everything that we do. Have a great night.